0: we are make sure that's all right we're fine finishing up sadly Ted Lasso Uh, so we're doing a series we do it once a year where we try to engage pop culture we try to engage movie engage movies we try to engage film we try to engage in this case a season of television right and the idea is that as Christians we understand narrative is powerful narrative helps us understand identity, narrative, structures, values. It does all kinds of things, right? This is why the Bible is filled with stories and narratives that we have to engage, that as we grow and develop, we engage different parts of the story, different characters within the story. So, so powerful. So as Christians, how might we engage culture in a way that can help us grow, that it can help us learn, that can inspire? And so that's sort of how, that's the lens with which we're looking through this, the, the season of Ted Lasso. For those that have never seen the show, here's what you need to know. Ted Lasso's about a show, a coach, football coach in the United States, coaches our football, <laughs> uh, Division II college coach. Not even pro, not Division I, just small college. And he's known for being positive like positive and quirky. Uh, and they sort of win the Division II championship. And at the very beginning, then, there's an owner of a British Premier Soccer League, which British Premier Soccer, I mean, that is like as high as it gets in terms of the soccer world, right? And they decide they want to hire Ted Lasso to be their coach. So he's going to fly and go to the UK and coach soccer, a sport for which he doesn't even know the rules. He knows American football. He doesn't know British football, right? And so uh, little do we know at the time, but it's because the owner is a woman, Rebecca, Rebecca. She inherited the team from her rich husband, Rupert, and they had a horrible divorce. He had been cheating on her, treating her terribly. They divorce. She inherits the club, and she decides, this is the only thing Rupert ever really loved was this soccer team, so I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to hire a coach that doesn't even know the rules, and that's how we're going we're to make this work. Right? We're gonna, I'm going to hurt Rupert as much as he hurt me. So Ted shows up with his assistant coach. They figure out the rules, And then you begin to watch him do the lasso way. Positive, loving, honest, kind, right? And you just start to watch people shift in relationship to him. So that's sort of where we're at. As the conclusion here, I I sort of want to sum up what I think the show's about. And it's about lots of things, but I think one of the biggest things the show is about is failure, it's about failing. And this is what's so odd because people talk about it like it's a feel-good show, and it is, but it's predominantly about failure. So I want you to think about this. Ted Lasso goes to the UK because his marriage is failing, and in the midst of the season they divorce. Roy, who's like the old player, he used to be a star, but now he's aging, his body is failing him. He can't play that way anymore. Rebecca's marriage has failed, and in fact, she's failing in her responsibilities as owner. She's undermining, sabotaging Ted Lasso and the team every chance she can so that it'll fail. In the end, the team fails. They lose. They come in last place, and they get relegated, which in British Premier Soccer means you have the top tier, where you can win the real championship and make lots of money, and people are engaged. But if you finish in the bottom, you get relegated to a lower league, like the minors, where you make much less money, you have much less access to resources and the crowd and all that, right? It's, it's humiliating for a city to be relegated, for a team to be relegated. And that's exactly how the season ends. It's about failure. The, the way we fail responsibility, the way we fail in relationships, the way we feel, fail on the field, the way we fail ourselves, and each other, that's what the show's about. But more than just the specific ways that we fail, the show is a clinic on how to fail well. Because we can fail poorly, or we can fail well. I can fail, and because of that, I can hide, deny, be defensive, become addicted, numb out, watch TV, pick up some more alcohol, whatever. I can fail poorly. I can refuse to accept my limitations the ways I've blown it. Or we can fail well. And when we fail, we say something like, what can I learn? How can I grow? How do I pick myself up and dust myself off? Who do I look to when I fail? Where do I go? And the show is beautiful at showing us how to fail well. So I've been thinking, I'm going to overstate it, so you, at the potluck you can say, like, I don't know, Joe. I don't know about that. That's okay. I've been thinking. The next slide, soul. I wonder if redemption, in large part, is just learning how to fail well. That's all it is. Redemption is just learning how to fail Well how to fall down, and then recognize that failure is inevitable, and then I'm going to have to figure out what, how I'm going to learn, how I'm going to grow. What would it look like to fail with grace, with love, with dignity, with courage, with honesty? What would it look like to fail like that? That's how you pave the way for redemption, restoration, renewal, and forgiveness. Redemption is just learning how to fail well. Because we're going to fail. It's just going to happen. Ourselves, our responsibilities, and other people. Who do we turn to? What community? Do we, do we turn to God? I hope. But often when we fail, we turn away from God. Right? Like we, Somehow the Christian call became, don't make mistakes. Don't, don't slip up. Because if you do, you know your Christian friends won't accept you. If you do, you won't be welcome in this community. If people really knew who you were, if you didn't hide that, If you didn't send a representative in the world that looked Christian, well, then you wouldn't accept it anywhere. How tragic. Because then you can't fail well. But if we have a place, maybe this one, where no matter what, you know that you're going to be met with grace and with love, then we can, that's a start. Maybe then that allows us to turn to God and know that God's not ashamed of us. That you're not defined by your failure. What will define us more than that is how we respond to it. So the show gives us these amazing models. So I'm just going to give you a couple. So Roy Kent, the great Roy Kent, he's he's here, he's there, he's everywhere, Roy Kent, (laughs) had such success. He was like a superstar in the league, but now he is old, and he is slow. And at some point, he becomes a liability on the field. And so... Ted Lasso, although he resists this a great deal, has to bench him, has to have this conversation with him to say, you're not, not going to start anymore. And at first, it's not handled well. Let's say there's some expletives. <laughs> uh, because I can't show any clips of Roy because uh, I'd get fired. Um, but then at some point, he's sitting with his girlfriend, Keeley, so Roy and Keeley are together. And he's saying, I don't know who I am if I'm not a footballer, if I'm not a soccer player. Who am I? What's my identity? People chanted my name. People have celebrated me. That this is what, Since I'm nine years old, this is the predominantly the defining feature of my life, and it's gone. What do I do? So she calls over his niece. He's like baby sisters. She you knows she's like six years old. And she says, close your eyes and tell me about your Uncle Roy. And she doesn't mention football once. She just talks about that he's funny and his beard is scratchy and I love him. And at some point, Roy recognizes, like, this failure, my body failing me, my skills, leads me to the realization that I'm not defined by that. I'm defined by something much bigger than just being good at football. But that requires, like, some kind of self-assessment, some kind of honesty, learning how to fail well. So then the very next practice, his response is, Second team is going to kick the butts of the first team, right? He just accepts the second team jersey like it's on. That's how you fail well. That's redemption. That's restoration. So uh, the first clip we're going to watch, I'm going to show you a clip. This is um, maybe the most powerful moment in the show for me, not not for everyone. So Rebecca's the owner. For nine episodes, she's undermined Ted at every turn, She's tried to get him caught in scandal that she created. She trades away the best player. I mean, she's just doing whatever she can. And at some point, she comes to the realization that I can't do this anymore. And so you'll see the interaction that occurs.
1: Nope, that's new.
2: Ted, I lied to you. I hired you because I wanted this team to lose. I wanted you to fail. And I sabotaged you every chance I've had. It was me who hired that photographer to take the photo of you and Keeley. I set up the interview with Trent Crimm, hoping that he would humiliate you. And I instigated... The transfer of Jamie Tart, even though you'd asked me not to. This club is all that Rupert has ever cared about, and I wanted to destroy it. To cause him as much pain and suffering as he has caused me. And I didn't care who I used or who I hurt. All you good people just trying to make a difference. Ted, I'm so sorry. If you want to quit or call the press, I'll completely understand. I forgive you. You, What? Why?
1: Divorce is hard. It doesn't matter if you're the one leaving or if you're the one who got left. It makes folks do crazy things. Hell, I'm coaching soccer, for heaven's sake. (laughs) In London. (laughs) I mean, that's nuts. Job you gave me has changed my life. Gave me the distance I needed to see what was really going on. Yeah, but you and me, we're okay. Come on, just shake this hand. My arm starting to get. think that if you care about someone and you got a little love in your heart there ain't nothing you can't get through together you know what i'm saying
2: you're not just talking about us now are you
1: maybe maybe not okay i'm not gonna go change your practice A uh, training right? whatever who cares i seen you down here boss living up the place. Woo!
0: So let me tell you how Rebecca handled failure for the first 8 episodes. When people like her assistant Higgins would try to remind her of what she was doing and how wrong it was, she denied, she gaslighted, she was defensive, she refused, right? to accept that this was true. She justified it because of her anger towards her ex-husband, Rupert. And this is when she learns how to fail well. Failing well means I'm going to apologize. Failing well is I'm going to own the way I've hurt you. I'm going to own my part in this. That's how you fail well. And the moment she does it, she can't guarantee Ted's response. All she can do, though, is open space for there to be restoration of that relationship. Redemption. Right? It, it, it paves the way. You are going to fail, and I am going to fail. It is an inevitability. We are human beings. But we can fail poorly, or we can fail well. And to do it like that means forgiveness is now possible relationship can now be restored it can't be until she learns how to fail well the scripture we read today that Jana read out of John how beautiful is this Peter who says I would never deny you Jesus I would never deny you denies him three times a few hours later right Scared for his own life, scared that he'll be associated with Jesus, watching him get crucified, knowing that I could be next, he says, I don't even know that man. Denies him. The rooster crows, it reminds Peter immediately what I've done. Three denials. And then here comes the resurrected Jesus, right? The resurrected Jesus, his first encounter with Peter, since the denials. And the assumption is, I'm guessing, that Jesus is going to destroy Peter, Rebuke him in some way. You were unfaithful. You denied me. But instead, what Peter receives are words of forgiveness. The three denials gets restored in three questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? There's a direct parallel. And Peter is made the rock of the church. He figured out how to fail well. Peter's failing left and right. Peter's like always speaking up, saying the wrong thing, putting his foot in his mouth. But somehow, that dude learns. That dude grows. He sees Jesus. He doesn't deny. He doesn't make excuses. He jumps out of a boat and swims the shore. I always think about the difference between Peter and Judas. See, Judas wasn't able to fail well. He thought his failure defined him. He thought his failure was unforgivable. He thought that if he ever encountered Jesus, it would be nothing but words of judgment and condemnation. So he took his own life. That's despair. And Peter betrayed Jesus too, and he figured out how to fail well, and that led to restoration because our failures don't define us. Your failure doesn't get the last word. Grace gets the last word. So the title of the last episode is the title of my sermon. It says, it's the hope that kills you, right? It's the hope that kills you. And it's a funny title, and here's why. As they're approaching the very last match, and it's like, if we lose, we're going to get relegated, right? Uh, Ted Lasso's walking around town, his players, everyone. He starts talking about, hey, you got to believe. you got to have hope. And then they just laugh. (laughs) Forget that, Ted. It's the hope that kills you. And he says, what are you talking about? Well... If we hope, and then you lose, we're going to be devastated, right? The idea is that hope will make it worse. It's the hope that kills you. I have a colleague, his his name's Brent. He has a saying. He says, Joe, the key to happiness is having low expectations. (laughs) 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 You'll never be disappointed. You'll only be pleasantly surprised, right? The key to happiness... And I can't tell you how much this resonates with me. This resonates with who I am, right? Like, um, the part of me that is hurt and wounded, like, it, it, it feels a, a little bit like a, like a kid. I feel afraid to hope in people or to ask or to ask for my needs to get met because uh, what if they say no? What if they don't do it? Like, how disappointing will that feel? It'll feel like betrayal. It'll feel like hurt. So it's better just not to ask, not to hope, not to engage. Because if I do and they let me down, that's going to be worse. It'll be the hope that kills me. And it, Shame on me, right? Shame on me for hoping. No. No, that's not how we're going to live. Here's the lesson to be learned. Ted Lasso's lesson. Once you stop fearing failure once you realize failure doesn't get the last word, once you're not afraid of being disappointed or disappointing yourself or others, once that fear is gone, then you know failure won't kill me. Failure won't end me. At At the other end of failure is redemption. Once you know that, then hope's not scary. Then it's not the hope that'll kill you. It's the hope that'll keep you going. So there's like some inverse relationship here. The more scared of failing, the more scared I am of others letting me down, the less I can hope. And the more I realize failure is inevitable and it won't be the last word, then I get to hope. The hope won't kill me, it'll sustain me. All right, so we're going to watch the second clip. So this one uh, is, the setup is, they've just lost They've just lost the last match. They are going to be relegated, right? In the midst of this disappointment and this failure, I think we can all learn. Manchester City win, and AFC Richmond's time in the Premier League is over.
1: When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high do be afraid
2: of
1: the dark. We could, would have, could have, should all day long, but uh, that, that, that's, that's a tough loss. It's a tough loss. It's a tough loss. You know, I do want to congratulate Man City on their own, though. uh and their coach, Pep. Boy, did he look sharp tonight. And the sweet you know, my man, uh, silver song.
2: You, do you really think I'm to come all the way down to London to watch my son pass the ball?
1: I, oh, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, y'all played a heck of a game out there. We may not have won, but y'all definitely succeeded. I mean, you gave the champs 90 minutes of hell. Zero. where you at? That dude had more saves than a Baptist preacher. <laughs> Give it up for Zero. <laughs> yep. That's right. What about Roy? Roy chased down... His grandson <laughs> stopped him from getting an easy one. Now, look, this is a sad moment right here for all of us. There ain't nothing I can say standing in front of you right now that could take that away. But please, do me this favor, will you? Lift your heads up and look around this locker room. Yeah? Look at everybody else in here. And I want you to be grateful that you're going through this sad moment with all these other folks. Because I promise you, there is something worse out there than being sad, and that is being alone and being sad. Ain't nobody in this room alone. Sam, do you remember what animal has the shortest memory? A goldfish. That's right. It was a goldfish. And what do you think we should all do once we get done being sad and or angry about this situation? I think we should all be a goldfish. I agree. Let's be sad now. Let's be sad together. And then we can be a gosh darn goldfish. Onward. Forward.
2: Do you want? No, Jamie.
1: The love like a.
0: So here's the deal, uh, for most of the season, Jamie's selfishness was his failure. The player at the very end who gets the note from Ted, he won't pass, it's like, it's all about me. But he learns, he figures it out, a father that verbally abuses him, gets reminded by that little military man, this has been ongoing throughout the season, right? This mil- that you're not alone, that you've got people behind you, way to make that pass, even though it beat us. And I want you to hear the words of Ted Lasso, that there's a lot worse things than losing, there's a lot worse things than failing, it's being alone. And there's no one in this room that's alone. You might feel lonely, right? You might have times of deep loneliness, but you are not alone, because we're here. And we're together going to learn how to fail well, fail upward, fail onward, fail with grace, with dignity, with growth, with forgiveness, right?